Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Welcome to the program. Caleb Calhoun with us now as we've got a monster show lined up. Amanda LaFrada to join us very shortly. And I tell you what, there is a lot of news to get to a big show in terms of we're going to visit with Jacob Horn about his favorite part of game day and the season opener. We're also going to visit with Cooper Mays. We're going to get to those Kirk Herbstreet comments. So we'll have the down and dirty at 30 a little bit later. I also, Boy, a guy with the Tennessee tie, Brady Hoke, out at San Diego State, having a heck of a time dealing with a just terrible situation and in, involving a sexual assault of a 17-year-old girl last year. So, um, man. Uh, and then Tiger Golf. Are we going to have primetime golf? We may very well have that, have that. But Caleb Calhoun joins us now with Off the Hook Sports and Fan Sided. And uh, Caleb. Uh, thanks for the time. Talk about your work and 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 in particular the press conference yesterday. I sensed a group that was very and there we have Amanda. I sensed a group that was very confident. I even noticed before I was watching the press conference before they actually went live, Caleb, and I noticed that you know you had. Uh, Josh Hopple joking with the media about picking up their credentials and parking passes just seems like a very confident group to me. That's, that's what I came away with you. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think there are still some things to work out. I think um, as of yesterday, Josh Hypel's really, you could tell through his press conference, he's really worried about trying to make sure he establishes and develops a lot more depth than they had last year, but that's a much better position to be in than having to, figure out who's going to be 
the main rotational guys going into the season, which he didn't really know last year until I would say October, which is, I mean, I guess natural when you're a first year head coach installing a new system. Um, and I, I really actually liked his approach to talking about trying to figure out depth too, because you can tell, yeah, fall camp matters, but you know, he was asked about it yesterday and he's like, you know, you're not really going to have an idea on like who fits all into the rotation until you actually see them under the lights. You know, you see, some coaches very, very stubbornly. Um, I think Jeremy Pruitt was this way. You know, it's all about who performs best in practice and who performs best in practice. And I mean, you know, I think the less arrogant coaches actually do think well, what you actually do when it matters should count to a certain degree, also. That is true. That is true. Amanda, Amanda LaFrado, we have to kind of go off of what Brew McCoy's done in practice because he's very limited in games. It is funny. I was thinking last night how. He's kind of been anointed as this second coming of Bayless Jones, perhaps. But um, I, I find the whole thing very intriguing. The fact that Tennessee, in the best case scenario, could have, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, Caleb, and you can call me out, could have the best receiver duo in the nation. If Brew McCoy comes through, and I'm talking about the top two, and nobody just runs two anymore, but between Tillman and a McCoy at his potential caveat, that could be a pretty good group, Amanda. I mean, that that's a big if. That's a, that's a, that's a big if. A so, do you know going that route is is a difficult? That's a that's a bad route to go because there's a lot of duos around the country that you could say they'll be the best and they could be the best in the country if someone pans out. Um, Brew McCoy, though, he's garnered a lot of fascination, and I'm not exactly sure if it's just him as a player or if it's the circumstances and situations in which we've seen his eligibility come about, especially with USC. It's more of a, I guess, fascination with a university possibly being vindictive against a, a specific player. I mean, that's just my opinion anyway, but a lot it's garnered a lot of fascination his eligibility has. Yeah, I think part of that's being all the way out in California and there, of, of course, you know, coming out to Tennessee, if they did hold it up, why did they hold it up? So, Caleb, I want to talk to you about a young man named Amari that could be key for the balls. And first, though. And your pet, if it's struggling at all with anxiety, you've got to go to Craft Treats. Uh, Craft Treats has the full-spectrum CBD treat that contains minor cannabinoids that increase the benefits of CBD. It's great for situational anxiety, things like storm anxiety, car ride anxiety. They've got it all. Great for my dog who's dealing with a little bit of arthritis. All right, Caleb, you wrote about Amari Thomas. And if I listed the players and the coaches that were available yesterday he probably would have been the least sexy but as far as you know exciting type of player that being said he is key because i like tennessee's edge rushers a lot if they don't get that push up the middle though they're going to have issues uh i i think amari stepping in for matthew butler is another one of those big ifs that tennessee needs for the 2022 season yeah, but I agree. Um, Amari's trajectory so far, though, is everything you could ever ask for in a young player. I mean, he was, you know, he joined the team in 2020. He was a re he played in every game, um, mostly as a reserve, but, you know, 
defensive line usually has a pretty deep rotation. Um, and then last year comes along, and the system change didn't really deter his development at all. I mean, and he played in all 13 games, and then he started in um, six of them. And most of those were geared heavily towards the second half of the season. Most of his stats that he was racking up were towards the second half of the season. It's pretty clear if you look at his trajectory, he got better as the year went on. Um, and so, I mean, you know, again, played in every game since he's been in Knoxville, uh, started down the stretch of his sophomore season. So everything's gone the way it should. And I, I tell you where I got a little shocked was um, when I saw the depth chart yesterday, you know, my money was actually on uh, Latrell Bumpus uh, being the starter to replace Matthew Butler in the middle. I thought Amari Thomas was going to start, but I thought Latrell Bumpus was really kind of the anointed replacement for Matthew Butler. And it looks like he's going to back up, according to the depth chart at least, it looks like he is going to back up Tyler Barron at defensive end. Um, and so it looks like, you know, they're all in on Amari Thomas um, on that one spot. And so I think, we'll have to that goes. I think Latrell's a, maybe a little bit of a tweener. I don't know if they like him to tackle or end a little bit more, but it certainly seems like he's – Rabbit. Usually you go the other way. You go from linebacker and then you keep eating and you end up at defensive tackle. But usually you don't go the other way, but I guess it, it could happen. Amanda, you and I visited with Cedric Tillman way back at SEC Media Days, and I watched his press conference yesterday, and um, nobody knew who this kid was a year ago. And I think it's I think it's cool. I don't, some, some people might take this the wrong way. I don't mean it. I was a confident young man at the podium yesterday. Caleb, I'm not sure if you stayed tuned to all of it, but Amanda, that that guy is not shy uh, at all. And he, he talked about my confidence is sky high. Uh, that's paraphrasing. But then at the end of it, he ended everything with for the team, for the team. So I think that's what you want to hear. But the young man we met in Atlanta knows that he's pretty darn good after getting a couple of preseason honors. Oh, yeah. I mean, he and he, in my opinion, and when I met him, he was very humble. I mean, he might have been, you know, confident. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And he may have been confident, but he's not arrogant, I don't believe. I do not. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I definitely do not want to portray that. Definitely not. My husband is very confident, probably one of the most confident people you'll ever meet in your life, but he's not arrogant. It's there's a there's a difference. And I think confidence has a really, um, Tillman's confidence especially comes from a knowing that you're contributing to something larger, something greater, that you are a part of a group and that you are doing your job to make this group a better, a better team. I think that is a difference between arrogance is more of a, like, I don't Baker Mayfield kind of thing. I mean, just. Or if you want to take it a step further, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, let's go out and let's shine in a solo performance. I don't think Cedric Tillman is is like that. I think he's doing it more from confidence as a part of this team and making this team better. All right, Caleb, let's get uh, back to this defensive front. Uh, as a group, I think you and I both like the edge rushers. Other than Amari, who are some of the guys that you think need to step up? Because we talk about replacing – Bayless Jones and, and and guys that are perhaps a little bit better known. We don't talk about replacing Matthew Butler, who has gone on to the NFL and 
was was an above average player. I mean, if you're selected, obviously in the league, you're pretty good. But uh, Omari, and then and then kind of who else are they leaning towards? You think to fill in that gap in the middle? Yeah. So um, looking at the depth chart yesterday, um, they have uh, Karat Garland and Bryson Eason kind of competing at the other spot in the middle. Um, Karat Garland is not that shocking with, like you mentioned, Latrell Bumpus being a tweener. He's the other veteran, and he started a defensive tackle in 2019. Kind of of interesting story. He entered the transfer portal in fall camp of 2019 and then came right back and then about halfway through the year became the starter. I think took the job away from Greg Emerson. And then about a year and a half later, Emerson entered the transfer portal himself. Um, The kind of interesting star in this is Bryson Eason. This guy committed as a linebacker. Funny enough, Bryson Eason and Tamaria McDonald were both linebackers when they committed to Tennessee in 2020. One is now a state, and one is now going to start at nickel, and then the other is going to start a defensive tackle. I don't know how you can go that far separate ways. <laughs> wow. But, um, I think that's called rebuilding a program is what that's called, Caleb. Yeah, yes, that's very true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so watch out for Bryson Eason. He's um, – you know, assuming he's kept some of some of his quickness and his agility uh, while putting on that weight, he could be um, a major threat. Obviously, there's um, still Elijah Simmons and John Terry um, are still on the roster, and it looks like Jordan Phillips is um, got worked his way into the depth chart. He was a unheralded three-star defensive tackle who committed. Um, and you know, let's just see what happens with him. Another shocker is that I would have put Tyra West in here, but it looks like they've like Latrell Bumpus, they have him at defensive end too now, and so we'll have to see what happens with that. I don't think they're going to be a great run stopping team. Um, and and I don't know that they need to be because teams are going to be throwing against them a lot because of their offense, but I just I don't know that. Sorry, Amanda, they have the war daddies. Caleb fell over for a second. Uh, Caleb, great stuff <laughs> that you have. Uh, you were going to uh, tune in to Josh Heifel's. Is that the SEC teleconference today with the Thursday or is that tomorrow? I get off tomorrow. tomorrow. All right. Great stuff. We look forward to more uh, from you at uh, Off the Oak Sports. People can follow you on uh, fan side of this. Well, we appreciate the time, Caleb. Thank you, sir. Is that a dog? Yes, yes. that is my dog. Here no. on the screen, guys. <laughs> Let me see. Is that a smoky? No, no, no. People think he's a hound. He's a half lab, half Australian cattle dog. So okay, so he's a generic Smokey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of going, yeah, I like it. That's, People I, mistake I, him for a hound all the time. I'm a bit. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, the pound. I think saving dogs is a great way to go. So, all right, Caleb, we appreciate it. Buddy. We'll talk to you. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Thank you, buddy, Caleb Calhoun of uh, Off the Hook Sports, and then. Uh, Amanda, I wanted to get to Kirk Herbstreit's comments because they were pretty strong. Pr- please hit the like and subscribe button. We did a little bit of research. 80% of our viewers have not subscribed to this channel. So hit the subscribe button, pound the like, and then we will be able to show up in your feed more often. So the mattress place 22 years on Chapman Highway. They're just incredible. I mean, if, if you want the best price on the best mattress, the mattress place 22 years Marine Corps veteran owned a plus accredited member of the better business bureau over 225 five-star reviews on Google, huge selection of two-sided flippable mattresses, no gimmicks, just 30 to 70% off every day. That's the mattress place. Amanda Kirk Herbstreet, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think he said what we've been saying the whole time. And I know Tennessee fans don't like to hear it because Tennessee kind of got thrown under the bus, 
but essentially paraphrasing what he said to the LA Times in a story that came out just after we were wrapped up yesterday. He said that Tennessee, um, well, let's, let's start big picture. He said that the NIL was intended to benefit current athletes. That's a check mark. We both agree on that, right? Yes. Not, not prospects. It was not meant to be a recruiting tool. And then I don't know if he was localizing it. You know, Herb Street lives in Nashville. I don't know if he was localizing it because the LA Times, maybe he was. He's a smart guy. Wouldn't surprise me. But he said, then down the road, you have, you know, Nico getting reportedly $8 million for three years. So your take on, on his comments, because mine is simply this. He's right. Um, but Tennessee, if they can take advantage of this weird, ambiguous loophole, should do so. What do you think? I don't think you call out a specific school or, or player. I think that that's kind of tacky looking, especially as a media, such a big media member and someone who is going to be covering the SEC exclusively. So I don't, I don't think that you you do that. I don't I don't think he's wrong in saying what we what I've been thinking the entire time is that the NIL is is being used in a in a bad way. It's being used to get kids to go to certain schools instead of rewarding them for the stuff that they're doing on the field for the school at the current time. But to call out a specific player is is that's not a good look. I I don't think so anyway. Especially not someone who's I think Nico's seventeen. Yeah, you're talking about the probably the voice of college football calling out a seventeen. Yeah. And he's he's seven. I mean, he's the kid's a minor, so calling that out. And plus, it's been speculated that Nico is the eight million dollar recipient, and it has not been proven or it hasn't been reported either. So I don't. That's just speculation. It's one point. of the it's one of the strangest stories I've been around because it's just kind of like common knowledge, but never been confirmed. Which means it's not confirmed. I mean, like it's you still said, not confirmed. Yeah, it's yeah, speculation. I mean, I mean, like you said, from a journalistic standpoint, even having the conversation, it's probably unfair to the young man and unfair to Tennessee. It's just been so pervasive that it's it's really really hard to ignore. So Tennessee with uh, two days away before they begin the season against Ball State. About 35-point favorites somewhere in there. It's not going to be a huge game. I want to go over some of the lines with you. So uh, the down and dirty at 30 uh, continues as, what do you make of this whole uh, Tiger Woods golf thing? Because I've not read deep into it. However, I am enticed. The thought of having a... And just to give a broad background, because I'm probably not as knowledgeable as you are about the subject, but a broad background could be potential for Monday Night Football or Monday Night Golf. Um, could be potential for uh, to play virtual courses. I won't tell you how well I hit the ball at Top Golf recently. I won't share. You told me multiple times. Ripped it. Never will hit a club again in my life. Okay, so um, Amanda, your thoughts on Tiger and what he may be able to do? I mean, I think that him and Rory, this is a this is a joint 
you know, this is a team thing for, for, for both of them. And I think that they took everything that the players who defected to the, to the live tour took everything that they were saying and just came back and kind of threw it in their faces to see like, okay, well, if you're having this problem, play this. If you're having this problem, play this. But the, the funny part about it is that they have partnered with the PGA. So I'm pretty sure the live tour players are not invited. Oh no. So. no this is obviously, and, and let's, let's, let's be real honest. I mean, the PGA in terms of promoting itself has, sat on its haunches because it could i mean it, it's it's done fine but i don't know the issues between the pga and the individual golfers I, I know that they have issues with the pga i don't exactly know what they are but i will tell you this that i don't think the pga has done anything great in terms of marketing or setting itself up i mean they had the phil versus tiger thing i thought that got some interest and again i'm not talking about the regular golf fan that watches every week i'm talking about the me the ancillary fan, you can draw me in if it means something. So if Tiger had to step in and Rory and promote this thing, then I'm, I'm down with it because I'm not down with the live tour. Never have been. So Tiger is the PGA. Sorry. He's just Tiger's the PGA. And the reason why the PGA hasn't had to market anything is because Tiger is the market. Tiger is the advertising. Tiger brings the people in. You know, when when Tiger came back, the couple of times that he's come back as as far as, you know, that whole debacle with his wife and then, you know, getting hurt and back surgeries and, and what have you. When Tiger has come back, it's it's boomed. So he's the reason. I mean, he is the advertisement. He doesn't they don't need to advertise or they haven't before now. It's not even advertising. It's how they place it. I just think there have been some times uh, where, uh, in particular, the PGA Championship drug on into football season got completely lost. Now, they've altered that since. But I think there are a lot of things they could have done over the years. But you're right. I mean, when you got Tiger, what does it matter? It's like Buck Blue handed the ball off to Herschel Walker. What does not it matter? No what kind he doesn't. Of, You're going to watch Tiger no matter if he's on at, you know, midnight or if he's on during your favorite NFL team. You're probably going to go back and forth a little bit. Yep. Uh, Zool Beer Company, downtown Zool Beer Company is absolutely fantastic. They've got the big scenic view of downtown Knoxville. They've got the panoramic view and they have award winning beers. That's right. Worldwide award winning beers. They're at Zool Beer Company downtown. XUL, XUL, Zool Beer Company, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. So uh, Jacob Warren visited with us. I hate this term. It's one of my least favorite. You want to come out and start fast. Nobody says they want to start slow. So let's talk to Jacob Warren about coming out and starting fast against Ball State, which Tennessee's offense tends to do anyway. It's like that's what we do, right? We're trying yeah. to score as many as many points as possible. I know you don't literally mean play fast, but you mean just come out, you know, put score scoring drives, first three drives. We're trying to score touchdowns, right? I know that's what you mean, but my man, like that's how we play, and that's kind of our identity. So I think going into Week One, like that's going to be the biggest thing is to. Man, come out hot, show everyone what we've been working on, all the the timing being perfect. And 
um, running backs hitting holes and and just picking up a lot of yards, making it really exciting for the first uh, the first game of the season and, and kind of show everyone what it's going to be like uh, as we get rolling throughout the whole season. I was talking to Cooper about this too. So you go into this game and, and th- there's no surprise factor because last year maybe you surprised some people with the tempo, but now yeah. Ball State knows that's coming. Mm-hmm. He talked about it'll be interesting to see in the beginning of the game how they defend that. Did they drop somebody else in the coverage um, or did they play it more straight up? So h- how much of the first couple of series are fact-finding missions yeah. for you guys as much as anything? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like we're <clears throat> as we install plays and we go through it in practice and talk about it and watch film and and everything like that. You know, what you're watching um, from last year could be completely different from what it is that we're gonna that we're actually gonna get. Right? You know, say we prepare for for four down, they play over to the field every single snap, whatever. Like this, is how they played last year, and then now they come out on Thursday and they're in you know three down, drop eight everybody flying out of the box, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. And, and we've been preparing for four down field over, you know what I mean? So, um, so Jacob Warren brought to you by Bassey lawn and garden, man, a lot of it's worth the drive. Go to Bassey.com uh, for more. And this is just a, a, a terrible story all, all around is uh, involves a uh, former ball and Brady Hoke, who, at one point, was actually the head coach at Tennessee for, I think, about two and a half weeks. And Brady uh, Oak was? Yeah, I, thought, a, I know he's the head coach at Michigan. No, he was the interim head coach for about two and a half weeks. Oh. So um, in his first pu- public comment since the civil lawsuit was filed last week, accusing former San Diego State punter Matt Areza and two of his then teammate, teammates of uh, sexual assault of a 17-year-old, he reemphasized the university's position uh, that it followed its its guidance from local police, and I, I don't I don't know how anybody else would handle it, but I happened to watch the press conference, and it was just the um, the preaching of a the thing that rubs me the wrong way sometimes in these situations is the preaching of accountability. So, what do you tell your players to be accountable? To be accountable? To be accountable? And then uh, Brady Hoke opens his press conference with. Uh, I'm going to give an opening statement and I'm not going to take any questions. I understand the legalities, but that to me is hypocritical. You, if you want to field questions and you want to get bland non-answers, so I'm not going to comment on that. That's fine. But that he, he is the face of that program. He has to be accountable. I, I just, it's a terrible situation um, all around Amanda. Again, though, these aren't, as you pointed out before, these aren't criminal charges; these are civil charges. Yeah, I think I think he's. I'm going to go opposite of what you said. I think he's smart for saying I'm not going to take any questions. Nobody because if people is smart, but anyway, go okay. ahead. Well, if people, you know, as a journalist, as a media personality, whatever, you're going to try to dig to get as much out of somebody as you can. So for him to sit up there and just take questions that he can't answer for 30 minutes and just say, I can't answer that or, I, you know, whatever. These journalists aren't going to ask you <clears throat> or if they're if they're decent, they're not going to ask you, well, how do you feel about the situation? They're going to ask you hard hitting questions to try to get information from you on a no, case that you can't comment on. No, that's actually what I would ask. 
how, or how does how does it affect your program? How does the distraction affect your program? I don't expect him to tell me if the young lady um, met the punter at a local club or I don't want specifics I, because that there's eight sides to that story because there's two other uh, students involved. So there's you know four people that were supposedly there. I, 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 but I would ask, I mean, right before an opener, how does this affect your program? So you think you'd be honest about that? Uh, I mean, he can lie on the podium. If he wants to. I don't care if he lies, but you, you're not, you can't tell the assembled media not to ask questions about it. I, that Our me, administration does it all the time. Well, then they're absurd. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean it. Um, it just it it to me. I don't know. There there have been subtle reminders that I don't know that Tennessee's going to win a national championship or make the college football playoff or even win the East or beat Georgia. I don't. But I do think, with all that Tennessee's been through, I think you would agree on this. In the past fifteen years, they are in better shape to handle it as opposed to many of the guys in the past that would have handled it. You would not want Jeremy Pruitt at the face of your program and something like this is going down. I don't, I, I, Josh Heupel hasn't been in this situation quite yet. Although there was uh, an issue recently, a disciplinary action and he, he said no update completely fine with that. Um, but to say that, uh, it's not a distraction in this type of salacious story, I think would be a little bit far-fetched. So Amanda also uh, gambling lines, which I want to go through. I know you're a big time gambler. You... Yep. I, that is, I am What's... a big time gambler. Our house is on the line for this football season. Is that it? That's it. The house, car, everything. You took the over under, but you do follow it closer than I. Yes, I do. I, I enjoy it. I think it's it's a fun uh, it's a fun way. It's like fantasy football. It's a fun way to to be invested in in games that you normally wouldn't care about. I don't say bet thousands of dollars for the love of God. Don't do that. But like a five dollar bet here or there is not terrible. Like yeah. it's it's fun. Makes it a little different. Also, I want to get into Danny White's tweet about Auburn that Amanda mentioned yesterday. To get her thoughts on. Uh, some of the lines that we'll, we'll start to adjust throughout the week, but I think they settle around Tuesday. And also we will have uh, comments from Cooper Mays. So a lot going on on the program today. Thank you for tuning in back in two minutes. Tell us about Big Orange Phillies, Mr. Biles. Biles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business 
since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Today's tough question coming up brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Today, Owl's Nest Barbecue knows that barbecue is not just a food. They're in Ottawa. It's a method. It's all about slowly cooking meat at the right temperature, low temperatures. Like to go low. You can cook barbecue in anything from an awesome Green Mountain Grill to a crock pot, for that matter. But as long as you've got the right uh, sauces and rubs and wood chips and wood pellets you're going to be taken care of. They've got that at Alice Nest Barbecue. So today's tough question brought to you by Alice Nest Barbecue is now. We do our research. Have you done your research? So we're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, eh, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. Right, Amanda LaFrada. Where are we going today? I know we want to get into the Danny White comments a little deeper, but you take this where you would like for it to go. What do we got this morning? All right. So for today's tough question, I don't, I don't know if I want to go the golf, even though I don't think it's going to be I don't think people are going to really jump for joy at this new golf thing, but I guess I will go the spread, the Ball State-Tennessee game. When I saw it, I thought at <clears throat> Tennessee was favored 32. Has it changed 32. since then? I saw it 34 and a half yesterday evening, but I could have been looking at a different book. When you start to get in those kind of numbers, they can vacillate right up a couple of points. Yes. So my tough question is, over under, do you think Tennessee will beat Ball State by 32? I'll just give them four numbers, like 30 or more, 30 or less, 30 or more, 34, 38. All right, well, let's roll it up there. I, th I think Tennessee's going to win big. I think it's going to be – Somewhere along the lines of uh, 40 to 45 points. Uh, I, I, I think Tennessee obviously knows they have a lot on the line. Um, they've got a lot of positive momentum, and they want to keep that going. So your thoughts, if you want to take part, feel free to send us a message on your chat function via Twitter or YouTube, wherever you are. Your thoughts to Tennessee 
cover the spread of are we saying 30 what's the what's our official spread what's the oth official? So we're not giving a spread we're gonna say less than 30 okay or 32 34 more than 36 okay i will go greater than 36 so um did want to touch base on and you mentioned this yesterday danny white who's the athletic director at the University of Tennessee, said, congratulations, A. Green the fourth for getting the heck out of a crazy situation for greener pastures. I admire how you manage that chaos with class and integrity. Look forward to seeing your next chapter. All right, so this is Tennessee's athletic director, a sitting athletic director, and he is referring to the AD at Auburn who is um, moving on. And I think it's probably somewhat mutual, if not more on his behalf. We talked a little bit about, and uh, Amanda being a little bit younger, she got a little bit of a history lesson with Bobby Louder, uh, who was the guy that ultimately had all the power at a school and ran it his way and ran it into the ground. Essentially, he did that for years mm -hmm. and all. But now that it's the Yellowwood, and we see that, but let's let's stick at this from Tennessee's perspective. What did you make of that tweet, Amanda? I mean, I I don't mind ever anyone throwing shade at Auburn because it's Auburn, and I also don't mind it when people throw shade at you know people or things that they think are are wrong for a lack of a better word i don't mind it when they you know if you if you think something's going on or if you know something's going on that's mm. not good that's it's i don't mind you calling that out i just i just don't it, if it's a political stance then i i think that that's a that's an issue especially as somebody that sits high up on a at a university or athletic department, but if it's something where you know that there's some unsavory things going on at a university and you call that out, I don't think it's a bad thing to bring, you know, recognition to that. I don't, I, I don't think, I bet he's already gotten a call from the SEC. I don't think they're going to take too kindly to that. And I haven't heard of finding athletic directors or anything, but I mean, I, I think it's a really, really bad look for one athletic director to call out another athletic mm. department in its entirety. Even if they're doing some things that aren't, that are, that are bad, that are, that should be, that people should take notice of and be aware of so that it stops. Well, what's, what, what do you consider bad? Like if, if this were something that, Cross moral or legal lines, yes, but yeah, yes, okay, I'm okay with that. But this to okay. me is more about some booster, and I'm guessing it's the Yellowwood guy, I don't know, but some booster didn't want Brian Harson to continue because they had a mass exodus of coaches and, and transfer players in the offseason right after the season was over. The season to some extent fell apart. Yeah, Tank Bigsby on the sideline that obviously was frustrated 
And I think they tried to replace Brian Harson after last year. The buyout was monstrous. They did the internal investigation. That, to me, is a mess. But I don't know that you want an athletic director at another conference calling that out publicly. That, to me, is I different. Mean, I don't know. If I were Auburn fans, and God forbid that ever happened, but if I were an Auburn fan, I would be concerned with with any any place, any place. I would be concerned with boosters having too much power. Like we've seen at Texas, I'm not going to lie. It looks to me like, and, and a lot of people around, you know, the nation who follow college football, looks like Sarkeesian is, his hands are tied at Texas because he just did that quarterback, you know, they I think they announced that it was going to be the one guy that didn't transfer in, I can't remember his name, and they went back. I'm 100%. So how is Sarkeesian okay. hands tied at Texas? So the the rumor mill said that it was going to be this one guy at Texas, this one QB. It's like the one that d- didn't transfer in, not Quinn Ewers or whatever his name was. And that Sarkeesian was going to pick him or maybe even did pick him or something. And a booster called in and was like, no, we've got Quinn Ewers. We're going to start him. And so Sarkeesian had to name him as a starting QB. And people are going crazy about it because they were saying that Sarkeesian's hands are tied and that boosters run things at Texas, which is true. They they do run things at Texas. Everyone knows that. No one, no one is shocked by it. That was, you know, a lot of the coaching problems at Texas come from the fact that boosters are too involved. And when you have boosters who are too involved, the people who make money and a lot of it, they're not necessarily your best football coach. I mean, my God, look at Jerry Jones. He's not your best football coach, even though he tries to be, he's, he's not great at, at coaching a football team or even deciding which players are best. It's, you leave that up to your head coach. And it seems like that there are a lot of Tennessee included when the Haslam's are running things around, around, you know, ball country before they got caught up with the Browns. It seems like a lot of these boosters have a feeling like they should make these decisions because they give the money. No, you, you shouldn't stay out of it. Stay out of it. I, I, I don't think there are very many, single run program um, programs like Bobby Louder and Auburn back in the day. Now I do think the Yellowwood guy has stepped in Auburn, maybe one of those programs. And when I look at other programs in the sec, I would look at a Mississippi state and I'm, I'm basing this purely off the donor base because there might be one rich guy, but the chances are that there's 12 wealthy guys is probably a little smaller in Starkville than it is in, let's say, Knoxville. Um, so I think that's I think that's scary. I think Tennessee was very fortunate with the Haslam's that they had Big Jim, and Big Jim was all about looking out for Tennessee. You know, he played at Tennessee. He wanted the best. Joe says 49 to 14 balls, your predictions right here throughout the week. But he had the best interest of Tennessee at heart. Uh, I think his son had the best interest of himself at heart. And I think it's a great thing for Tennessee that he's got a new 
hobby, and it's called the Cleveland Browns. Just go play up there for a while. Um, I think that's probably a good thing as long as the check's still clear, and they will. But ultimately, I don't think that you have this program, uh, this, this problem at a lot of programs, but Texas is weird. Um, so do they get involved with Steve Sarkeesian and what he does? I'll tell you what I would do right now. I know they weren't good last year. I know that you should never be sub 500 at Texas. I understand that. But you have to at least give him enough rope to find out what happens. And he's gone out and gotten Arch Manning. He's gone out and gotten a really strong class. I'd sit back and chill if I were a Texas booster and see what happened in the next 18 months. I could I could give you a pretty good idea of where this program's headed in 18 months. Yeah, but you're not going to chill as a Texas booster because if a lot of billionaires think they know best and there's no one who's going to tell them that they don't because they'd get cut off from the billions. So these people are very uh, egotistical for the most part and they think they know best and you're not going to tell them any different. And so the threat of pulling a check, that's a massive amount of money you're going to, the, the billionaire is going to win over the coach unless it's someone like Saban. Somebody that established, or maybe Kirby smart is that established now. Um, but you have to be pretty entrenched. You have to have had success. You have to have a proven track record at that school. So I, I agree with you there. Ultimately, when you talk about what uh, Steve Sarkeesian is trying to do at Texas, and I, I don't say this with any flippancy whatsoever. As long as he walks the straight and narrow, he's going to have success. He is. I don't know. Well, okay. So, listen. He, he had the drinking problem that that threw everything off at Southern California. So, showing up to Sunday morning meetings intoxicated is not a good idea. So, if he's cleared that up, I think he has a good offensive mind. And I'm basing that off the fact that Nick Saban hired him so i think he has a good offensive mind i also think that he has an awful lot of talent in the state of texas and he'll you would think probably be coaching at texas after nick saban so the west might be open i don't know when nick saban retires but i would say you're right in there two or three years for both either two or three years sarkeesian proves himself or not two or three years we know if Nick Saban's going to be around. I think he'll have success at Texas if they just leave him alone. See, my thing is that Texas has, yes, but they won't. That's the problem. They've had some promising coaches. Charlie Strong was was a promising coach. Tom Herman was a promising coach. These coaches had success at the programs that they were at before they went to Texas. Then they go to Texas, and, and it, everything just, like, it, it just doesn't, that that's a to me that says more about your university than the coaches that you've hired. Now I understand with Tennessee, they've had some coaches, but that they didn't have proven head coaches. They had you know Derek Dooley, who was we we can go through that. The only one that was technically kind of proven was Butch Jones, but that was a whole other thing. But what, what I'm saying is, go ahead. No, no, sorry, go. So what I'm saying is, is that as a if you're Texas and you have all of this talent and you have all of these 
all this money, facilities, all of that kind of thing, you, you're getting these head coaches <clears throat> that are proven in, in other programs and, and it's going up in a blaze of glory at Texas. So there's something else there that's the problem. And if you're seeing that Sark is trying to name a starting quarterback and he's getting overruled by people with the money, then that's probably the problem. Yeah, and if I at this point in the game, well, at any point when it came to football, I would side with the coach. But especially at this point in the game, um, in which, and I don't know the timing of all this, it looks like that uh, Ewers was named the starter about the uh, about the 10th of August, uh, somewhere in there. So, you know, maybe that's when he got the phone call that they didn't think he should be the starter. But really, I mean, it, even if yeah, Ewers is just a placeholder, that's not the worst thing in the world because you are one year away from another Manning. That's that's not a bad deal. I, I'd leave him alone. I mean, you and I could debate whether he'll have success. I think we'll both agree that if he's absolutely nitpicked to death and decisions are made above his head, especially when it comes to personnel, goodness gracious, he is not going to have success if that happens. No, I mean, he's not. And it was, you know, it was between Quinn Ewers, who was the one that came in that was highly touted mm -hmm. and he transferred in and Hudson Card, I believe, is the other oh, one. Quite a card. What? He's quite a card. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Um, and his and Hudson Card, and I believe from what I've read, you know, places that he was leaning card and apparently got a phone call that said, no, we're doing yours. Yours is going to be the starter. That's who we want. That's who we're paying for, basically. And so I had to change that up to say, okay, yours is going to be the starter when in actuality he didn't want that. I don't think I believe that. I do. I don't. I, I don't. I think a coach. I believe it. I, mean, I think a coach being asked to make. I, I've never heard of that personnel decisions. I yeah. mean, if that's the case, then he's not going to win there and they've got big, big problems. Well, I mean, I think we can see from their past, even when, you know, Charlie Strong had to come in there and clean house. I mean, he had to come in there and clean house from what was this, the guy's name that was there for forever? Older guy. Oh, some more um, before yeah. Charlie Strong. Yeah, won a national championship with Vince Young. You're going right yes. Now. All right. But anyway, his name will pop in my head here. But he, like Matt Macmore or something like that, he had to, you know, Charlie Strong had to get in there and clean house. I and mean, you can you can look back on that. And the lack of success that Texas has had, there's something else going on there. There, there just is. There's just something else going on there. Well, uh, um, Mac Brown. That's what Thank you, Mac Brown. Yeah, we're struggling. Um, they, um, well, ultimately, when when you look at the the University of Texas, they've got everything. There's no reason that they couldn't be the next great dynasty, especially now that they're in the SEC. Whether or not they achieve that, it's interesting you bring that up. Could 
come behind closed curtains or with the administration. But I mean, if, it comes, if it comes to personnel moves, I, I, I would literally quit that day. If somebody called me and told me to put this quarterback in instead of that quarterback, I don't care if you own, own all the oil in Texas. It's not good for my career to be associated with you. So I'm cruising like that day. Well, I mean, it's Sark. So he's, I mean, he went to, you know, was the offensive coordinator at the Falcons, I think, before he yeah. went to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like he's just batting a thousand here with the with the jobs he's gotten since his USC departure. Oh no. Now whether or not he's <laughs> be, whether or not he's a good coach. But you bring up an interest you do bring up an, a, a very interesting topic because is Texas suddenly the place where coaches go to die? Um, and that sounds harsh, but I did a Google search of Tom Herman and Amanda that's probably in your wheelhouse. Tennessee Tennessee's coaches or Tennessee's fans wanted Tom Herman so bad they couldn't see straight. Everybody wanted Tom Herman so bad they couldn't see straight. Tom Herman is now, after being the head coach an at Texas, he's an analyst with yes. the Chicago Bears. So did they make a bad hire, or did it go so poorly that it negatively affected his career forever? I, I don't know, but I know – it is the same with the Cleveland Browns. It's <clears throat> at some point it's dysfunction in exactly. the program. At some point is dysfunction in the program. Cleveland Browns drafted I don't know how many quarterbacks the first round. I have no idea how many. Going back to the days of Tim Couch, you had Brady Quinn, and you had Brandon Whedon, and you had Johnny Manziel. I mean, you had multitudes of quarterbacks. At some point, it's no longer the quarterbacks that you're drafting. It is an issue within your program. Like that is that you can't just pick bad quarterbacks that many times in a row. Like that's probability on that is not like it it is more difficult to pick like that many bad quarterbacks all in a row than it is to like hit the, I swear, like hit the lottery or something. Like it, it just, you don't just pick bad talent over and over and over and over and over again. At some point, it is what's going on inside of player development. Yeah. It's what it will, not even that. It's just what's going on inside of that organization that is an issue. I don't think Baker Mayfield is upset to leave. I mean, no. I, think, I think he was completely cool with it. He was so. very happy with it. And I don't like Baker Mayfield. But what I'm saying is, is there is a underlying problem in that organization. I think there's an underlying problem problem in Texas's organization, and I don't think they'll be successful until they weed that out. Say what you don't want to weed out is the fantastic food at Big Orange Phillies. Big Orange Phillies knows that it's tough to get out for a long lunch, so you can go there. Casual shouldn't mean stale food options. Great taste is the name of the game. That's Big Orange Phillies on Maynardville Pike. It is very easy to find. If you're in Maynardville, you can get there. North Knoxville, you can get there. It's awesome. You'll love big orange Phillies. Great food. I had the wings over the weekend, and they were absolutely awesome. So it is funny. We're we're sitting here in East Tennessee looking at other programs' dysfunction, be it Auburn or Texas. And Tennessee appears to have things in, in line. Um, 
but ultimately, you know, we'll see. There, there were times I, I, I said from the get, I thought Butch Jones would win nine games. I didn't know if he'd get beyond and get to 10, but I thought that Butch Jones would win eight or nine games. And sure enough, he did. I think he won 10 one year with the bowl game. But I, I say the same thing about Josh Heupel in a very different way. I think he'll push against 10 wins. I, I don't for, I don't think he's a sociopath like Bush Jones, which is good. And I think that he'll push against those 10 wins. Ultimately, if he's not able to, to bust past that, it's because I think that, well, this is obvious. Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches in the history of all sports. Tennessee plays them every year. Georgia, I think, has, I'm not going to say the next Nick Saban. That's too trite and easy. But I will say the next very successful head coach in Kirby Smart in the SEC. So they have to play them every year. So whether or not he ever overcomes those hurdles may have more to do with those schools than him because they're recruiting at such a high level. But Tennessee at nine or ten wins, um, I, I, I could see them consistently at, at nine. and But they're going to have to break through with one of two things. Those coaches, something's going to have to go wrong or Tennessee's going to have to get a special playmaker. And I always point back to Virginia Tech um, you know, Virginia Tech, if you remember with Michael Vick, made the national championship game. And it was one of the few times that I've seen a player kind of carry a team to that point that they lost, but they don't ever get there without Mike Vick. So if Nico is that type of guy, then that can change a program. There are a lot of things that can change uh, Tennessee's program, but ultimately, man, I, I, I guess Tennessee's got to be pretty happy with the place they're in now because they were in a far different place just a couple of years ago with Bullethead. I just, I don't think, I always look back at this and everyone's like, well, you know, there's Nick Saban in Alabama and he's so successful. He didn't start out that way. I mean, he didn't just, it didn't just come with him. He didn't just say, okay, I'm just going to be successful. And here I go. There were other coaches in the SEC at the time, Philip Fulmer being one of them that he had to, to get past. So it's, it's not like it just landed in his lap. And if you're Tennessee, you're never going to be able to compete or, or beat, you know, Kirby Smart or Nick Saban. They, they came from somewhere and Josh Heupel might be that kind of caliber coach. You don't know. I mean, we're in a second year. So I don't think we should say unless something happens to these coaches, well, maybe Josh Heupel just becomes a better coach. Maybe he just does better with what he has. And then maybe he, after that, he recruits um, and they, it's more successful recruiting for Tennessee. And then maybe they become the the number one. You know, I don't, I don't think it's just unless something happens to Kirby Smart or Nick Saban that we, you know, say, okay, well, we're just going to have 10 wins because we play them every year. So those are automatic losses. I think that why, why can't, Josh Heupel get up there. I understand that you're not going to have somebody at Mississippi State that can do it. You're not going to have somebody, no offense to Arkansas, that can do it. But but Tennessee is a different program. Like, they're different. That could very well happen. Yeah, it, it, it definitely could. Um, I, As far as from a roster top-to-bottom standpoint, competing year in and year out, they're going to have to win some of those recruiting battles against Georgia, 
and and some other teams, specifically Georgia. I say that even more than Alabama. Alabama dips into Louisiana, and they have a pretty pretty good amount of in-state talent as well. So, I mean, you don't have to beat them at recruiting, but you've got to beat Georgia on occasionally, uh, on occasion, to be competitive. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about a one-year thing. You pick Tennessee to upset Georgia this year. I'm, I'm definitely not talking about a one-year thing. I'm not talking about things could happen, quirky. I mean, if you want to go back to the 1998 national championship season, Tennessee probably shouldn't have beat Florida. Florida had a couple of turnovers inside Tennessee's own five-yard line. Um, they had more yards than Tennessee, but Tennessee got it out the win. So, I mean, that can happen. But um, as far as competing on a year-in and year-out basis where it's within a touchdown or two, I think they've got a little bit of ground to go. You don't have to worry about grounding your coffee if you want to pick it up right there at Honeybees because you can have a cup there. But if you want to ground it at home, you can do that as well. You're a big Honeybees fan. It's the bees, not the bucks, Amanda LaFrada. Why? It's great coffee, to be honest. It's just <clears throat> with without anything about veteran owned or top five percent beans and all that stuff, we could we could list all that all day. But at the end of the, you know, it's just great coffee. You just you wake up and and you have it and it kickstarts your day and it's you know, you you know you're supporting local. Not only is it great, it's local and it's and that helps, you know, everybody, not going to the big named chain and going to your local person is is much better off. Like you're much better off. And you can order online <clears throat> beat coffee. So check them out. Back in two minutes, Cooper Mays, message board bingo, and also this day in sports history with Amanda LaFrada and Dave Hooker. Vials here, Vials Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. 
We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's repair. With a poll question blowing up and Tennessee fans are confident. So we had uh, 36 or more getting 50% of the vote. Less than 30 is getting 31% of the vote. So maybe some people think it'll be close. Don't. Um, you just heard from City Heating and Air Conditioning. They provided East Tennesseans with honest, dependable heating and cooling service. Here is... Cooper May is talking about Ball State uh, with the Mandela Prod on Depot. It's against in practice. Let me get your thoughts because I know you've seen tape on Ball State just in general. What do they like to do? Uh, what do you make of them? Yeah, I would say they're they're a group of guys that are that are pretty well coached. Um, that's kind of something that our coaching staff has has preached. They said that his coach is pretty well respected in the coaching world, and his guys are always going to play. In, within their rules, and I think they kind of mix it up a little bit, you know, varying up their fronts a little bit. It's it's hard, you know, being at Tennessee because we play such a different offense from everybody else that it kind of – you never really know what you're going to get till game day kind of thing because people could play you different than they play, you know, normal offenses. And, you know, just it's it's kind of a guessing game until up until, you know, when the ball touches the ground. Well, that, that's interesting. Uh, if you can dumb it down for me a little bit. So – what are the different a- approaches to try to stop this offense? Because the, with the way it moves, I mean, that's going to be a challenge for every opponent you face. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will try to put an extra person in coverage against us, and they'll they'll just try to, you know, slow us down and try to put as much guys back there in coverage as possible and try to basically take the back of the defense and make it, impenetrable if that makes sense like if you got so many dbs back there you can only take up so much yards you know what i'm saying before they get tackled it's very hard to get behind a defense that drops eight people well true but as an offensive lineman do you see that you say hey well let's run the football yeah for sure i mean that's that's what you've got to do kind of i think or that's what you got to start out doing i mean if they're going to give you if they're going to drop eight then they're going to give you seven eight nine yard runs every time if you're if you're blocking it up correctly. So it just, it depends there. It's just, honestly, it just slows you down more than stops you. If that makes sense. So again, we remind you to hit that like and subscribe button, especially the subscribe button that's right there. So we can be a part of your day each and every day. We're here at eight thirty. coming up message for bingo. And also uh, this day in sports history, you wrote a great piece, Amanda, about Cooper and, yeah, Tennessee's offense is going to be the aggressor. There's no question about that. But how do other teams defend that now that they have a year under their belt? Um, I don't know of any exotic defenses that are out there, but also didn't know of the Prowler defense and some other defenses that actually worked. So maybe there is something out there, but um, if, if somebody figures something out, they need to let everybody else know because right now Tennessee's not having any trouble scoring points. No. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, let's let's look at this. If Nick Saban hasn't figured it out yet, no one's figured it out yet. I mean, it, that's just how it goes. 
the, the most Nick Saban is the most intelligent defensive mind in college football today, at least today. Now, the way you beat Nick Saban is figure out how to outsmart him during the game or just let his top two receivers go down in blaze of glory and ACL tears or whatever. It's terrible. But, yes. But defensively speaking, if if Nick, Sa- if Nick Saban is playing a defense where you can gain a bunch of yards, just don't score, just don't let him score a ton of points, then that's probably the defense that you should be playing as well. I don't think there's anything better than that. You're not going to stop the yards. Any defense out there, you're not going to stop with the way the offenses are playing this year or this year lately. You're not going to stop the yards. The yards are going to be astronomical. What you need to worry about and what you need to stop are the points. There's a very different game in three field goals versus three touchdowns. Like it's just a very different game. Just keep them to the field goals. Give up the yards. Give up the big plays. Just keep them out of the end zone. Dave, 10 years ago, would have called you crazy. Dave, 10 years years right now, says that is very, very insightful because the bend but don't break defense used to be like a naughty word. And now it is just where college football is because the bottom line, and not just with what Heupel's doing, but with the ability to have offensive linemen downfield and those rules are so loose with the RPO game and the the similar changes the NFL has made in terms of how you can touch receivers, man, it's an offensive game. So when you get everybody bunched down there in 20 yards, you get at the 10 yard line, that's when you've got to make your plays. So at the end of the day, you're right. 500 yards. uh, Let's say you're an SEC opponent. You could give up 500 yards and 24 points to Tennessee. Any SEC opponent, Alabama included, would you do that right now? Would you take that as of August the 30th? Yeah. I think I would. No doubt. Sounds insane. It does. The only way I feel like you're going to beat Tennessee is if is if you have a better offense than they do. Because the defenses <laughs> – Defenses don't matter anymore. As long as you can keep them out of the end zone, that's all that matters. I mean, honestly, keep them out of the end zone, but the rest of it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore because they're going to rack up the yards. Just keep the points as little as possible. I would take the 500 yards and the 24 points and just hope that my offense could do a better job against Tennessee's defense. I mean, I can't argue with you, but it sounds crazy. I mean, it does, but I mean, <laughs> that's a- why I think that that's my opinion. I feel like Georgia's in a in a tough spot this season. We'll see. I don't like their quarterback. You and I definitely agree on that. Yeah. Uh, Pedigo Chattanooga locally owned store where you'll be treated like family. The region's foremost electric bike experts. They put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike. And they get the most out of it for many years to come. Pedigo Electric Bike is awesome. A great way to get around Chattanooga and beyond. So it is time for my favorite message board bingo, of which I am pretty much undefeated. So we'll go ahead and get that started with message board bingo. It's now a medal of product. All right. That is. 
exciting. Wild. Exciting. It, I mean, it is exciting. Fired so up. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little different today because oh, no, no, no. I'm scared. I don't I don't want you to keep getting you know you're just doing too well at this so I'm going to change it up so that you don't liar. Thank you. I just don't you know I want to change it up so that maybe it's more difficult. Yeah. For those that All right. and hit that subscribe or like button. We're here every day at eight thirty. I'm horrible at this. Go ahead. This is in discussion of C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, the quarterback. C.J. Stroud, the Ohio State quarterback. Yes. So this is going to be an opponent of of Ohio State. So there's there's the hint. That's a hint. That's a good hint. Yes. Thank you. I would try to cheap shot Stroud early. See if you could knock him out of the game. Take the 15 yards and see if the backup is ready to be a hero. Anytime it starts the cheap shot, that's not good. I hate to tell you, but players kind of like each other. Um, so yeah, they don't want to see each other get hurt. No, for that's... the most part. Then you have some cheap shots, though, that people take. So. You got Andre Dirty Waters, uh, who was uh, a safety for the Eagles back in the day. So you have your guys. Uh, I'm going to say that's... Indomitian Sue. Indomitian Sue. Yeah, that's a good one. Um I'm going to say Notre Dame because they play Notre Dame 7.30 on Saturday. Yes. God! Notre Dame. Notre You've Dame. it down to Dave version. I've Notre never, Dame. never been more excited to choose the Fighting Irish. All right. So. To be fair, though, on that, just, to, just to, to give everyone clarification, there were down votes. There were no upvotes on that on that comment on that message board, there were only down votes. So Notre, not all Notre Dame fans believe that you should knock out CJ Stroud and try to take him out of the, of the, the season for Ohio state. So that's good. I tell you the hottest water I ever got into with uh, fans and it's completely joking. It's like June when you're looking for something to talk about was what player would you most like to see mildly injured? Now I didn't say it serious, like not a serious injury. I mean, and that did not go over well at all. I would have said, "What player would you like to see out with flu?" Okay, that would have been. I didn't have you at the time, but if I did, we would have done much better. Because a minor you, illness. Yes, because you can't actually look up the business number to the radio station that you work at. Call that. If you want to. All right. Um, as it turns out, nobody wanted to see anybody. All right. So what do we got next? I a message for bingo. I'm one of them. All right. So this is a team. All right. This is a team that's in the ACC. Okay. I'm calling it now. <clears throat> Ten and two. I say we split against Clemson slash Texas A&M and drop one against Pitt. Uh, University of Virginia, Virginia Tech. Worst case, nine and three. We lose to A and M and Clemson. Either way, we'll finish top ten or twenty, which is a step in the right direction and enough to show recruits we're about to be a problem again real soon. Rack them. The sunshine is blinding. Okay, I could cheat and look at Texas's schedule, but I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say. Why would you look at Texas's schedule? For Texas A and M, excuse me. Um, so 
Um, I'm going. Man, that's a difficult one. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida State. Miami. Miami. I couldn't remember if it was Miami or Florida State that played Texas A&M. Close. Close. Okay, so I have two more, but one is just not a a guessing game. One's not a guessing game. One is just hilarious. So this one is, um, I'm not going to give you a hint because if you don't get it, then you don't get it. I sleep very well at night knowing that every little criticism or Twitter troll he sees makes him squirm. The dude is a complete narcissist. This is exactly why Twitter Army shouldn't let up in his and USC's mentions. You know he sees the numbers slash all the replies crapping on him. Get in his head. I want to see him crumble and break. And I can wish all that on him while also having moved on and being completely content with where we are now. Both can be true. I would say it's a Tennessee fan. Wait, aren't they ripping Southern California? Yeah. Who would be ripping Southern California and Lincoln Riley? Oh, okay. Okay. Moved on. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I thought Tennessee had, Joe guessed Tennessee too. I thought Tennessee moved on from Brew McCoy. I thought that's what the move on thing. That's, that's where Joe and I got lost. Okay. That's no, it's, it's, No, but I got it, okay, this dude is a complete narcissist. That's Lincoln Riley. That's obviously not, you know, apparently Lincoln Riley had nothing to do with the Brew McCoy situation. So, <laughs> was that All right? Was that meant to be slightly sarcastic? A little bit. So, this is just a funny one. I just do, like do it. We need the bed. <laughs> you can, I don't care. You can play I'm the bed. Lost. If you want. All right. I need, I need family advice. My mother-in-law's birthday is within the next week. Every year, I swear she looks at the football schedule to see when we're playing and asks to have a meal during that exact time. This year, for the first time in years, she wants her birthday meal on a Sunday evening. So help me out here. What are the most creative excuses that you have to you you have used to miss an event to watch a game? To watch it, well, I mean, that was my, uh, that, I don't know. What about you? I mean, there's, oh, do you want me to name an event? Yeah, have you ever used an excuse to watch a sporting event and get out of something else? Um, I don't know if I've used an excuse, well, probably, but I can't remember. It's probably been a couple of times I've done that. But I, I used my AirPods during a wedding. To listen to a game? It, it was a big game. Well, the my well, first of all, nobody should have their wedding on a Saturday. Don't get, so. don't get married during the fall. Yeah, if you do, I, get married on a Sunday. My it's respect, cheaper anyway. My respect level just went up for Amanda, and it was already pretty high. That's pretty strong. Did you wear purposely wear your hair down? Like I can barely see your earbuds now. So. Yes. Yes, I did. Purposely wore it down so nobody would know. Did you sit like? Did you like sit in the back of the sanctuary or ceremony? Did you? No, I've done this twice now. Oh my gosh! Now that's (laughs) just over the. That's just absolutely horrible. 
That's not horrible. I was there. I was present, but I was listening to my game. So that's not horrible. We're supposed to be all emotional, and this is lovey-dovey time. And girls, Why would I be emotional? Girls do at weddings, right? But instead, you're yeah. listening to the third quarter of the Iron Bowl or whatever the case may be. So the, were you, okay, did you have – okay, so did you – was anybody with you? Yes. You have a date at this wedding. Okay. Was this person aware that you had ear pods in and were they complicit, opposed, or just like do what you do? They held my phone so that I could watch the game while listening to it. That's horrible. And let me, let me hot side off. You're, <laughs> you're the worst person. So these people are making oh, a, you're terrible. These people are making a lifelong decision to be joined better or for worse. And you're waiting to see about what Eli Gold says about the spot. Okay. First of all, I have YouTube TV. So it was on, I was literally watching the game and listening to it at the same time. I look, I'm not a part of your lives. I'm not going to help your marriage or hurt it. I'm not, is not up to me if your marriage survives. Y'all can say your sweet little nothings to each other. That's fine. <clears throat> Lovey-dovey. Yay. Congratulations. I mean, good for you guys. But my game's on. So that affects my life. Your marriage doesn't affect my life. My game is on. Joe says, Amanda, my new favorite person. It's all about that energy. Yeah, that's pretty good energy. Did the... But how long ago has this been? I'm not going to say because I'll okay. give it away. Okay. Well, did the, did, did the marriage last, I guess is the question. Wait, yeah. what's important? Did your team win or did the marriage last? My team won. So that's both times. Both times. Yes. That's all that I meant. That's all I cared about. Right. And the marriage is plural. They're, they are going well. Um, I also went to, like had pit passes for, for the Bristol race last year and sat at, <laughs> sat at Joey Logano's pit to watch the Alabama Florida game while everybody else was doing NASCAR race things and like looking at finding the drivers and all that stuff. I just sat in the pits to watch the game on Joey Logano's TV. Well, I tell you, I don't blame you on that. I, uh, Bristol is so tight in the infield. It's just like you want to find a little place to hide because there are cars flying around everywhere. And um, no, I've definitely had people in the way and been the person in the way because it's so tight down there at Bristol. It does, it's amazing. And you've been to both big tracks and little tracks. I don't mm -hmm. know if you went to Bristol first, but you go to Bristol and you're like, this is pretty frenetic uh, as far as moving around the infield, getting interviews, leaving the press room, going up to the press box, moving around. And then you go to where it's laid out like at a Daytona or Talladega where they have plenty of space. <laughs> You're like, they bring the guys to you to be interviewed. And it's like, this is, I didn't interview anybody. I was just there to watch it. I went because my husband loves it. So, or are you going to ask them? Are you going to ask them, Hey, what did you think about that? Uh, Florida drive? No, I wasn't going to ask anything. I was, I was just watching, there. I wasn't watching you run around the track. I was watching a game. 
Yeah, I was just there because, you know, my husband and his friends are, are all jacked up on Mountain Dew about NASCAR. And I like NASCAR, don't get me wrong, but I was more concerned with the outcome of that game than I was with anything about the race. Fair. You'll be happy with any outcome at Biles Automotive Group on Callahan. Biles Automotive Group, their mission is to be the automotive home of drivers in the Knoxville, Tennessee area. Vast selection of used vehicles, exceptional car care, and car service with a smile. They also have the car service and repair work. But the one thing I want you to take away from my message about Biles Automotive Group is integrity. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business. So Biles Automotive Group right there on Callahan. So they will take care of you. Also the home of the uh, Vol Report with John Adams. So, um, Amanda, it is time for this day in sports history. Just for the record, so I went one and with a playful one, three on message board bingo. Um, the last one, no one, I don't think you even guessed who it was, which I didn't, didn't think so you should. But. One and two, that gets you into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, actually, one and three, because there was a hint in this one. <clears throat> it was this year for the first time in years. She wants her birthday meal on a Sunday evening. So it was a team that played on a Sunday evening. Oh, so we haven't answered that one yet? Or did we get no. started? Okay, what is it? Who is it? Florida State. Florida State. All right. The Thursday night game. Love it, like it, hate it for Tennessee when you talk about weird scheduling. Oh, okay. love it. Love it? I love it, yeah. But because it's Ball State or because no. just in general you like a, a, a Thursday night game with teams you fall Well, no, it's – it's you are, as Tennessee, you are the kickoff to the SEC. I, I mean, Vandy played Hawaii at 1030 at night. No one will. No one, literally no one. There were tw- there were actually twenty four hundred people in the stands watching another game on their YouTube phone. Probably, probably just a, like a they're probably sitting there watching a replay of last year, some last year's game. Yeah, the good but, old good June Jones days. But um, no, there's just no like you are as Tennessee, you are leading off the SEC. This season, this is this is the first SEC game. I don't care about Bandy, Hawaii. I don't care. It's ten thirty at night. It doesn't count if it's past ten o'clock. This, this is, is you are what? I'm sorry, no, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, you are leading the charge of the SEC football season. There will never be as many eyes upon you as there are on Thursday night, as far as like. Not Tennessee fan eyes, like just insane SEC fan eyes. There's so much hype around this team, too. Everyone wants to see what you can do. So you're leading the charge for the 2022 football season. Congratulations, Tennessee Volunteers. Well, and you're not talking about either a team that is going to win it with great defense. You know, it's it's an exciting team that's going to draw more eyeballs as well. It's going to be a lot of points, so that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, even if you have a dominant defense, fans are only going to get so excited. Um, all right. 
This Day in Sports History is now. This Day in Sports History is brought to you by our friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden. Man Alive is worth the drive. Bassey Lawn and Garden. They've got Toro. Count on it. They've got the financing right there on site. Open six days a week year-round. And beautiful, beautiful Cleveland. So check them out. I don't care where you're watching or listening from. Bassey Lawn and Garden is a great place to save a lot of money on a fantastic, be it industrial residential or commercial mower. Okay, this day in sports history, boom. This day in sports history, putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old, when you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. Two kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. All right, Amanda LaFrada, this day in sports history, what happened? All right, so it's not it's not too much. I'm not gonna lie, it's not it's not that much. So in 2006, Greg Maddox wins his 330th career game. 330th career game, probably never see that yep. mark again because of the yep. way sub pitchers over and over. Okay. And in 2012. Andy Roddick announces that he is going to retire from uh, from tennis. So, I mean, we don't have a lot going on. <laughs> There's not a lot going on there. Um, the, oh, Babe yeah. Ruth was thrown out of a game in 1922. So that was 100 years ago. Dear God. So he was thrown out in 19... 19- that was 100 years ago? 100 years ago, Babe Ruth is thrown out of a game for the fifth time. Wow. You want to hear, if I may real quick, a crazy stat? We don't talk a lot of baseball on the show, but you want to hear the absolute craziest stat that you will hear today? I guarantee you, and if I'm wrong, I will buy you and your husband dinner. Okay. Would you hear a better stat? Greg Maddox faced... 20,421 batters during his time in the majors. Okay. In those 20,421 at bats, how many do you think? Can I, can I kind of reverse it here and ask you the question? How yeah. many of the batters actually saw a 3 0 count? They saw a 3 0 count. So three balls, no strikes. They're in command. Big time. They're way ahead of the count. So how many batters or how many times did Greg Maddox have that? No, no, no. How many times did a batter see a 3-0 and count out of 21,421 opportunities against Greg Maddox? I know it's a thinker, so it's kind of out of left field or maybe the mound. 97. Okay. Astonishingly good guess. So only th- here's why it's such a good guess. Only 310 saw a 3-0 count. However, 177 of those were intentional walks. So you, it's the craziest stat in the history of man. You were incredibly close. You're looking at 130. Uh, what's 310 minus 177? I know we can do the math on that. You're looking at 123. 133. 133, sorry. So you missed it, Bob. Just a couple. 36. 
yeah, it's fun. but I mean, pretty phenomenal. Maybe I should be asking you the message board bingo question. I, I, I mean, maybe if you want to try that, we can. I think that um, I don't think it would be nearly as entertaining, but I think you would have more success. I don't know. I don't know. Some of these are difficult. Some are difficult. She is Amanda LaFrada, never difficult. Off the hook sports today. Uh, we will have Yeah, ask David. Uh, we will have we will have a uh, a full lineup today on off the hooksports.com. So we encourage you to check that out. Also dropping throughout the week, Chris Landry as he breaks down the Tennessee Ball State game. Chris Landry, of course, played for or coached for Bill Belichick a scout for Nick Saban, so he knows his stuff. So uh, check it out. This has been a production of Off the Hook Sports for Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave